Hi. Hey there. This is Holly. <laughs> Daniel, are you waiting for someone else to say hi? I don't remember what I was waiting for. <laughs> I already forgot. It's okay. Uh, and you're listening to Halfway Saints. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. I don't think we've done like a solid, correct intro in like four or five episodes. It's only been two. Go back and listen. I will. I will. And take notes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, but we're back. We're back. After a little week. Yep. Oh, why is it a little week? <laughs> I don't know. It was a normal week. Normal well, could you say, like, I'm back, or we're back, like, it, we've been gone for a while, but it was just a little week. <laughs> no, it's been a whole week. Yes. If you only saw your friends once a week, you would, it would seem like a long time. It's true. Because you know we're everybody's best friends who's listening to this. <laughs> what? Oh, no, we're not. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Why'd you laugh before if you didn't? <laughs> so I thought you were trying to say that all of only our best friends listen. No, I was saying everyone who listens is our best friend. Obviously. Guys, we think of you as our best friends. You <laughs> <So laughs> could not have sounded more sincere. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're here again. We're here. We had, um, this weekend did feel long. It like did, because we weekend. did a lot of stuff. We did. We actually, um... Went out to a dinner at a restaurant. At a restaurant. With Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've done... No, sorry, we did that like a month ago. <laughs> but just the three of us, we haven't been out together. We've gone oh, out yeah, with like our mom. parents or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a, got a coupon in the mail. Oh, yeah, you know, buy one, get one free. Mm, or half, half off. off. Oh. Wasn't that good a coupon. <laughs> but Jack had his first macaroni and cheese. And mm-hmm. She he loved. loved it. It was very cheesy. It was pretty much a bowl of cheese with some noodles in it. But it was dangerously cheesy. It was. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was a great weekend. And he made his first um, work of art with the crayons, with the crayons, which consisted of him grabbing the crayons and smashing them into the <laughs> little kid's placemat. <laughs> it was a very abstract piece. Don't worry, it's on the refrigerator. It's on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> We're very proud. Um, ha- you know, what? we could have used your invention at the restaurant. Holly's an inventor. I don't know if you guys knew this. I'm very creative. (laughs) She's an innovator, an entrepreneur. It's true. Uh, She had this idea for, she's had a number of ideas, (laughs) but she had this idea for an app. Wait, that's not, we should tell them in chronological order. Okay. Okay, so in high school, high school, when the internet was fairly new, e-commerce was fairly new. Okay. So... Yeah, e-commerce didn't really happen yet. Anyway. In high school? Yeah. You graduated high school in 2007. I know. So in 2003, we had e-commerce. We had it, but it wasn't as popular. Okay, okay, Okay. I had this idea of having a website where you could search for, like, potato soup, and it would would be, like, a database of all other websites' recipes. So it would be, like, you can get Martha Stewart's potato soup or (laughs) potato soup. (laughs) Or Food Networks, or, you know, like anybody. And the website was going to be called com. <laughs> Genius! It was such a good idea. Right up until, so good. Right up until every other recipe site did the same thing. Um, yes. And and they called it recipes.com. Excuse me, that what? is incorrect. What? I can't do recipes because it was already taken. Oh, so there is a recipes. Yes, that's why it's such a good idea. It was already taken. That's how you know it's a good idea. 
<laughs> well, her latest, um, almost, this one could have been big. It could have. But it was going to be an app for your phone called What'd You Get? <laughs> because you know when you go to a restaurant, if you're like going to call, or if you know someone who's also been to that restaurant, you say, okay, what'd you get? That was good. And they would say, I got the potato soup. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this one was you would record what you got at different restaurants. You could remember what you got last that time. Was, that was a facet of it. But its main thing was like kind of like a social network. And you could say, you could see like your friends and even strangers if you'd like, <laughs> and see what they got and how they rated it. And they say like, this dish is the best at this restaurant. So it kind of be like Yelp, but just for a certain dish. But just for dishes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that was already taken, too. But, yeah, such, <laughs> such a good idea that it was already done. But now, I don't know if I want to sh- I don't want to share it on the podcast because I think it's a really good no. idea. What about your other baby invention with the blanket? Oh. Because <laughs> Holly, we used to, Jack um, would fall asleep while nursing before bed, and it would be so difficult to get him into the crib without him waking up. So Holly had this, I don't even know how to explain it. Okay. It's basically a blanket that you would somehow like put down the baby with the whole blanket and then just like pull away and just the blanket would come and the baby would stay there. Okay. Okay. It was a good idea that we just figured out another solution so we didn't need it. So it was a blanket that was made out of the like either like the minky fabric that's very, (laughs) which is what it's called. It it was a frictionless blanket. A frictionless (laughs) blanket or like some kind of uh Something similar to, like, parchment paper. It wouldn't, like, stick. Because <laughs> silicone doesn't stick. Stop laughing. That's a good idea. No, go ahead. And then you nurse the baby with the blanket so they fall asleep. And then you like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So the problem is the the <laughs> you're, like, you're carrying the baby up from underneath. And so whenever you have to put them down, they feel the difference. So you would pick the baby up <laughs> with all four corners in, like, a loop. <laughs> there'd be rings on the corners of the blanket yeah. and so you'd lift the baby with the only the blanket would be holding the baby up and then you rest it down with the baby and then the blanket would be underneath the baby and the baby would have no idea that he's no longer in his mother's arms and then you pull the blanket out from <laughs> so that's where i think it goes a little off that's why the you need a non-stick blanket okay that's the real but wouldn't a super slippery blanket be dangerous when you're trying to like play a crane game and put your baby down if, the crib? No, because the, no, it would like I mean, cradle, the, it'd be like a, it'd be like a hammock. A hammock? So no matter what a hammock is made out of, it's still going to cradle you because of the shape. But I mean, if it's that slippery, slippery enough not to wake up a baby when you pull it out from underneath him, there's a chance that baby might just slide right out of it. I don't think so. I think you would have a hard time getting approval for that. I know, because there's so many safety things with babies. Yeah. Basically putting them on an, <laughs> a non-stick surface. <laughs> anyway, she's okay. one of these days. Holly's. Got, in fact, she's working on a new one right yeah. now. It's confidential. You can't know because it's too good. One of these days, we're just going to say, that's it. No more podcasts. Holly made billions, billions. of dollars. <laughs> Not billions. Just millions. No, I'm going to start a Kickstarter and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like that um, diaper changer pad. I'm going to okay. make... Three times as much as I need. Okay. I promise. All right. I don't, Until then. I don't promise. I take that back. Yeah. Don't hold your breath, everyone. <laughs> hey, uh, I can't help that. I'm in, in adventure. I know. It just pours out of you. It does. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, before we get started with what we want to talk about tonight, 
we wanted to address um, some feedback we've gotten from a few different people from various sources. Um, we got actually got an email this week um, from someone who said they have been thinking about this, and it was from an episode a while back where we talked about marriage as vocation, um, and kind of the general feedback we've gotten is that some people have been a little confused or maybe like questioned our assertion that your vocation comes before the person that's involved with it. So like with marriage, we were saying you're called to marriage before you're called to a specific person. So like my vocation is marriage. Holly is the person to whom God has allowed me to be married. And I think a lot of people took that as us saying relationships can't help you figure out your vocation. Mm -hmm. Like some people have said like, well, what if you meet someone really great and decide you want to marry them? And that's how you decide you want to get married. And we weren't saying that um, that's not possible or that's not the correct way to do it. And because that's kind of how we discerned our vocation Mm -hmm. is after meeting one another. Um, The point we were trying to say is that you're not, your vocation is kind of, to God mm-hmm. and that there are relationships involved in that, but your relationship is ultimately your path to holiness that God gives you. So if you're called to marriage, your vocation is holiness through your marriage. Mm-hmm. That's so the way that God speaks. Like that's the best way that God will speak holiness into your life is through the vocation of marriage. Right. And just like, um, someone could, a man could discern the priesthood by finding out about this great religious order and be like, oh yeah, I'd really like to join this. Their vocation isn't dependent on that religious order. Right. So if you're called to marriage and you meet someone that you're going to marry them and it turns out it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean you're not called to marriage. Right. So we just wanted to make that point that it's not dependent upon a person specifically. And also we talked about if um, one of us were to die, we would most likely get married again because we have a small child and they would need both parents. There are, I think some people also said like, well, there are some people who, if their spouse dies, they consider a religious vocation. And we, I think we did say that, that you would have to consider your circumstances and basically there'd be a period of re-discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were saying is if we have small kids, I think that it's clear that we would still be called to find a spouse. Right. Um, and even with, um, men who have become priests after being married, after their spouse dies, it's only if their children are grown up and not dependent on them. Um, like, I, I'm pretty sure no bishop would allow someone to get ordained when they have small children. Um, even with a, if you want to become a deacon, you have to be um, kind of financially independent and you can't have small kids who depend on you most of the time. So hope that clears things up. There's, yeah. a, there's always... You know, if you have a major life change, there's always continual discernment. Um, but so hopefully that clears things up. If mm-hmm. not, emails again. We'll try to right. clear it up again. It does seem like to. that podcast has get, brought us the most amount of questions. Right, and what? And we're not theologians. We're kind of um, just sharing our experience with this. And through our understanding of marriage, we both feel very strongly we're called to marriage, and that we're allowed to live out that vocation with one another. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's like first my relationship with like I'm first married to the Lord and then I'm married to you. You know, it's kind of like the same kind of perspective. Like my vocation my vocation is to the Lord 
and it's lived out through the way that I love you. Yeah. I just wanted to say something. There was a lot of Daniel in there, so Sorry. I had to say something. Anyway, so again, if we um, think we still missed the point, let us know. We're happy to um, keep the conversation going. And really, if you ever um, disagree with us, agree with us, send us some feedback. We really love um, – we lo- would love for this to be a real community with mm-hmm. real dialogue and um, just exploring things. We don't have the same experience that anyone else has. Everyone's experience is unique. Um and there are as many experiences of God as there are people in the world. So the more you share and learn about each other, the more you kind of grow in faith and love for God and for one another. Mm-hmm. So, and again, so keep it coming. We're not theologians. Like we are sharing our personal experiences and mm-hmm. the way that the Lord has spoken to us and trying just to share that through our experiences with you guys. Um, but it doesn't mean that we're always right. Right. We're not. We do our best to try to. Not committing any heresies right. here, but, but but everything's like we would love to discuss things with you further. So yeah, all right. Now we got that in the way. Let's get get down to business. Business. Um, recently, I forget where. I should have looked this up before. I meant to, but you know, ran out of time. You know. Um, but I read some article about um, millennials. Oh, those millennials. Let me, okay, let me clear something else up. I. <laughs> I've said that I don't like the idea of millennials because I don't like labels in general because I feel like after a while people tend to say millennials do this, millennials do that, and you say, hey, I'm a millennial, I must do this. Right. So I don't have a problem with millennials as people. I think the label is kind of trying to put people in a box. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. I don't no. like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I read that millennials think of Sunday um, as a day for brunch. Like it's just another weekend day. Where they can rest and they can sleep in. Because, you know, like, Friday, you have to work that day. Saturday, you're tired from work. Sunday's kind of like your brunch day, your hanging out right. day. Because you've had a full day before and you just want to take it easy because you have to start work again on Monday. Or you've gone so crazy Friday night and Saturday night that you just need Sunday You need, to, some, you need a break. Like, um, one of our favorite radio stations on Sunday mornings, they have pared down music. Mm-hmm. And they only play, like, acoustic and, you know, chill music. Cause mm-hmm. that hangover sure can <laughs> Be a brat. (laughs) But not only for, like, that kind of issue, but there is a very large cultural understanding that, like, Sunday is very... Yeah, it's an easygoing day. Sunday morning. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that just struck me as very interesting because I think as humans we realize, like, we need a break so we can get ready for the week. Like, we need a day to, like, wind down. Like, all right, the weekend's over. I need to, like, refocus and rest like we understand this is a day of rest and we need it Mm -hmm. um but we we miss the point of what that day really really should be used for which is worship Mm -hmm. um and i just thought that a lot of people our age who um you know young adults kind of we know these things about ourselves but don't understand how to live them out more fully like, we want to be socially conscious. We want to help people. Mm-hmm. We want to be independent. Like, we want all these things, but we, as a general cultural unit, aren't seeking them in the Lord, right. generally. Well, it's, yeah, it's what's said. Like, we recognize that Sunday is a day of rest and that we need that recharge before the week starts, but little do we know that the Lord has given us this day for that sole purpose because he knows mm-hmm. that about us already. Yeah. And it's not just 
uh, non-Christians or secular people, I think even Catholics can kind of miss the point of Sunday. Like, kind of, like, go to Mass and then just, like, watch football the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like, there's no rest. Or the rest isn't focused on the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it's not just... um, you know, non-Christians or non-Catholics, I think we as Catholics can also just think of Sunday as another weekend day. Right. Like, oh, one more day before uh, work starts again. And we really don't take advantage of what Sunday is. And um, uh, I was going to say funnily enough or coincidentally. That's a good one. But I don't think it's really a coincidence. Anyway, Pope Francis recently, I think it was at his son. What are you looking at? You know, I just looked back there. I don't know why. <laughs> I just like stopped and stared into our laundry room. I thought there was like just someone resting my eyes there. back there. No worries. Um, but coincidentally, Pope Francis also spoke on the gift of Sunday mm-hmm. um, at one of his Wednesday audiences, and I hesitated to say coincidentally because I don't think it's a coincidence. I think there are the Holy Spirit works through the church, and a lot of times you'll see people come to similar conclusions at similar times within the church. Right. So was the article that you read written after? His? It was a while ago. It was before. Uh, hmm. I get it, what you're saying. Okay. It took me a second, but I got it. <laughs> it's coincidence that I was thinking of this and then Pope Francis spoke on it. Yes. I love whenever, like sometimes we'll do a podcast and like, oh crap, someone else just did a podcast about a very similar topic. Mm-hmm. Like Catholic stuff to the desolation. Right, right after what, we had right talked up. about consolation and well, emotional highs yes yes um and i just think that the that's the beauty of that's the beauty of it (laughs) i got back to my phrase of the week from a couple weeks ago um that's the beauty of the church is that Mm -hmm. she speaks to all of us in similar ways yeah maybe we should we should have a later episode dedicated to that where are you (laughs) you ruined it but but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) okay oops Uh, um, but yeah, Pope Francis spoke about this, and he um, pretty much said Sunday is a celebration, and it's a gift, um, and it's not something we should ruin. Like, mm-hmm. like we're given Sundays. We're given a day to focus on the Lord. We don't need to throw it away and just make it another weekday or make it another work day. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important, which you're probably going to talk about this, but that he uh, says it's a celebration. Mm-hmm. That's, like, so much different than just, you know, resting or not doing any work or yeah watching football all day like it's something to yeah it gives you a focus for your rest Mm -hmm. because there's a difference between uh sitting by yourself eating half a cake on a tuesday night and eat pretty good night (laughs) (laughs) let's be real that sounds like a good tuesday there's a difference between that and eating it with all of your friends and you're so excited and it's someone's Mm -hmm. birthday like Mm -hmm. it's the same act but it's focused in a different way right um so, yeah, it should be a celebration, which gives it kind of a, um, a direction. Yes. Um, and this isn't new. That's If you're new to Catholicism or you're, you're not Catholic, no, there's nothing ever new. Like, nope. 2,000 years. Yeah. It's already been said before. Especially with the popes. Keep that in mind mm-hmm. whenever uh, you read an article about Pope Francis did something totally unprecedented and crazy. Like, no, other popes did that. Pretty sure. Um, but Pope St. John Paul II... Um, oh, yeah. Holly, what? Pope St. John Paul II. I, you said it like that because it, he's a saint. Right. And Holly always prefers to, like, call him full title Pope St. John Paul II. I just, he, 
he was Pope so recently. I just think that it's right. Okay. <laughs> it's just proper. Sorry. He's still Pope to me. <laughs> you, weren't, like, you weren't even Catholic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I saw him at the Vatican, though. You did, but you didn't really. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but St. John Paul II released, um, I think it was an apostolic letter called Dies Domini, um, which is Latin for the Day of the Lord. And it was kind of his theology of Sunday and what Sunday means. And kind of the general uh, point of it was that Sundays make present the graces of the Paschal mystery. So of Christ's passion and resurrection, Sundays bring that grace to us and make it present. Mm-hmm. And some people, um, I think it's a little cheesy, but they're like, um, Sunday, what is it? I forget how they say it exactly. But they say like each um, Sunday is a little Easter. Oh. Or Easter is just a big Sunday. Because you celebrate the Paschal Mystery at every Mass. Yes. On sun- Well, at every Mass, but like Sunday is kind of the full the full Mass. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so Sundays make the Paschal Mystery present, and it gives us an active hope. Like, we are, every Sunday, go to Mass, we celebrate the Paschal Mystery, where we remember that Christ died for us, He raised for us, He was raised, He raised Himself for us, <laughs> um, and that He offers us the same thing, resurrection and redemption and recreation. And every Sunday, uh, we are obligated to go to Mass, so that's why Sunday is important. Or Sunday is more commonly said instead of daily ones. Right. Anyway, um, and we're, we, like, get to eat Jesus. We, we do. So, like, that, during that day, we still have Jesus within us right there. So that's something to be celebrated, and that's something that fully embodies the Paschal Mystery. Mm-hmm. And that, if you, if you only go to Sunday Mass, which most of the time I only do, um, that's the only day of the week that you get to have Jesus within you physically. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. You should celebrate it. <laughs> and I think it's really cool to think of Pope Francis and um, kind of what he's emphasized in his papacy and think about St. John Paul II, what he emphasized. So from St. John Paul II. Pope St. John Paul <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks. In case anyone forgot he was Pope. You should, he, since he was recent Pope, you shouldn't have to because people know who he was. <laughs> um anyway saint john paul ii focused on hope and that was kind of a big theme of his papacy like coming out of the cold war you know being ordained you know underground so that he wouldn't be killed by um the authorities he always spoke of hope so he recognizes sunday as as a um return to the paschal mysteries and a re-energizing of that hope of the resurrection um, and Pope Francis talks about celebration and joy and the gift of Sunday. So I think it's really cool that you have two popes who emphasize different things, but they're still speaking to the same truth. They're both saying, like, on Sunday we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. And Pope John Paul II says, and this gives us hope. Mm-hmm. And Pope Francis says, and this gives us joy. And they're both correct. That's, you know, the popes, the church always speaks to the truth. So they can talk mm-hmm. about different aspects of it, but they're always bringing the truth out of the situation. And, some, and the truth has different aspects. Mm-hmm. Different facets. Facets. Of all the same jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
This is bringing some beauty into the yeah, conversation. Thank you. <laughs> it's getting a little dull. Uh, so I think that's a really good way to do it. And to remember that this isn't a novel thing, that the church has been speaking about this um, for a long time. Um, another point I think we should point out. Did you have anything else? No, I'm excited for what you are about to say. Okay. Um, is that I think a lot of people, um, Catholics and non-Catholics, are kind of under the impression that Sunday is just the Sabbath moved over a day. And that um, we're, ce- we're just celebrating the Sabbath, but a little differently. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we actually believe is, so the Sabbath, Sabbath is the seventh day, like a day of rest that the Old Testament prescribed and that the Jews followed. Um, it's a day of absolutely no work. Right, of rest, of mandatory, obligatory, almost almost oppressive rest mm-hmm. in the way you know that the Pharisees um, mm-hmm. adhere to it. Um, and so a lot of people think like, oh, Christians just put that over one day. They do it on the first day of the week. But we actually, we celebrate the Lord's Day, which is the eighth day. What, what? Which um, is the day of the resurrection, the day of the Lord, like the day of the of the new creation and the new hope. The new and it, covenant. Mm-hmm. And it's the first day and the last day of the week because it's the eighth day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some like rich theological symbolism in that and calling it the eighth day and celebrating it as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not just, and it's different from the Sabbath. We, um, you are not bound by the law of the Old Testament So and the Old Covenant, so we are not bound by the Sabbath. So, so I think what does it mean? What? Like, so if it doesn't mean like not doing work or not being bound by the, I was saying we don't do it out of we don't rest out of the obligation from the Old Testament. We do it because it's the Lord's day. Yeah, but I'm so how do we live it out? Yeah, I was gonna get there. I just wanted to wrap up this part. I was trying to help you lead <laughs> into it. I know. Lead in. I know you're leading too early. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, and there's a lot of kind of confusion over that, and a lot of um a few Protestant churches who are like, no, we're going back to Saturday. Mm. Um, but yeah, so just, I guess the point there is like, look, kind of look into it and just don't like assume like, oh, Sabbath, Saturday, so just Sunday kind of thing. Right. And I remember in college, I had some friends who tried to take the Sabbath really, really seriously. Like, okay, we're going to take a day to not do any work, like mm-hmm. literally not do any work. And, but also living it like celebrating in a Christian sense versus mm-hmm. the Jewish um, but it was really hard, like, especially while you're in school to do, mm-hmm. like, you have projects to do and we had work to do. And or boat, it was a couple who was doing it, like, kind of like part of their courting. And um, I know my friend had a really hard time doing it because it was, she had work to do, mm. you know, and it's hard to put it off for a whole nother day. But uh, you kind of got to live out this, like, sacrifice of that. So it's, it is still important to not do uh needless work yeah i wasn't saying that i was saying no, I know. the lord's day is different from the sabbath and that within the lord's day there is an aspect of it where you refrain from work right. so that you can celebrate no i was just kind of expanding that oh. that point by a personal experience that okay. i had seen i see mm-hmm. um yeah so sunday not not the sabbath nope <laughs> um but like you were saying is we still need to keep sunday holy Yes. Uh, just because it's not the Old Testament Sabbath doesn't mean that it's a day for whatever. Right. Um, and I think they're, like you're saying, it is tough. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of us, um, 
you know, a lot of people work an irregular work week. Like, they don't work Monday through Friday. They might have different shifts throughout like the me. week. Yeah. I meant more like doctors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, also self-employed designers. Yeah. You know. um, but it is difficult to kind of, if you unless you work 9 to 5 Monday through Friday and don't have to take your work home at all mm-hmm. um, to keep it free from from any kind of work. But you should still keep it holy. Um, and I think one of the ways, which you already hinted at, <laughs> what? Sorry. It's okay. Um, is not doing any needless work. Yes. So if you're, you know, there's a project and there, you'll get it done during the week. You don't need to start something on the weekend. Like, then don't. Like, leave Sunday as Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this, just to make it clear, this is different from anyone who's, you know, a doctor or, you know, does something where they have to work on Sunday. Needless work. Needless. I think it's, yeah. it's up to discernment. Right. Right. Um, and that's something we, I think, you and I should maybe try to do a little bit better mm-hmm. and just to like plan our days out so that Sundays we're not trying to do all the work we didn't do over the weekend or we yeah. didn't do during the week. Right. Cause it is nice to just have a day where you're saying, I'm not going to do this or I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to check my work email because right. I don't need to. And yeah, it's just good for your brain. Yeah. And it helps you to, Oh, you know what? I was wondering what these funny symbols were in my notes, and it was arrows to reverse the order of the way I wanted to talk about this. I thought that I had screwed you up, and that's why you weren't listening. That's to why notes. I no, screwed no, no, you no, no, up. It it's my fault. No. Anyway, but the first, first and foremost, what you should do with your Sunday is go to mass. First and foremost, because that's um, kind of the reason for celebration. Right. And that's you know Sunday is a day of obligation. When you know what I hate though is when people oh. say what. Well, when people say, I fulfilled my Sunday obligation at this parish. I don't, maybe you've never... Yeah, no one has ever said that to yeah. me. <laughs> but it just seems like, why? Like, do you not want people to go to Mass? Like, if anyone's not Catholic and hearing that, that just sounds terrible. I know. To hear it as, like, an obligation, it's like, oh, I don't want to go. And it is. And does that make it sound like, oh, I only did it to fulfill my right, obligation? Right, right. That's my beef with it. Right. Is that it seemed like... No, you just received Jesus. Like, you just celebrated the, the Eucharist. Like, it's not... Don't talk about it like someone had to drag you there. Uh-uh. Um, but anyway, it is... The church does say this is something we should and need to do each week. Mm-hmm. Especially on Sunday, because that's when we have um, sort of the fullest celebration of the Mass. And you know, during the week, you have daily Mass where it's um, a smaller... For, you still celebrate the Eucharist, but there's only one reading. And there's mm-hmm. usually not music, depending on where you are. But there are two readings. There's one um, non-gospel reading. Thank you. Excuse me. Just needed that clarification. <laughs> um, so yeah, so going to mass is definitely a way to um, keep your your Sunday on the right track. Totally. It gives you a purpose. And I think it should be the focus of your Sunday. Yes, and I. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I've really appreciated how like. With kids and articles that I've read about like parenting with like Catholic young children and stuff, to make your your children understand that today is different by dressing them up, mm-hmm. like having them dress differently for mass shows them something different is happening here than when you go to school, or than when you go to the beach or like mm-hmm. anything like that. This is special and it's worthy of tucking your shirt in, mm-hmm. and I think that that's very important and it, it kind of speaks to the whole day, right? Like. We've dressed up today, so it's a big day. Today is a special day, better than all the other days. Mm-hmm. And I think it 
like you need to focus your day around mass, not necessarily like planning your day around it. Like it should build toward it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it shouldn't be like, all right, let's go to mass, get this over with, then we can get our day on. Mm-hmm. You know, like it should be like today. Let's get our day on. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going to go get my day on. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> it's just so great when you mess up. I didn't mess up. We're going to go get on with our day. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I said. I don't know what you okay, heard. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, mass should be the focus. And it can be... Um, I don't know, you just need to kind of, not hype it up, because that makes it sound lame, but, like, talk, what? That does sound lame. <laughs> <laughs> I was just picturing us, like, waving our arms. <laughs> Who's ready to go to mass? <laughs> I can't hear you. Let's <laughs> just yelling at Jack. stares at us. Claps. <laughs> yeah, he just claps. Yay. Um, but no, like, maybe during breakfast, talk about, like, go over the mat. Like, again, if maybe you Maybe go through the reading. Go through the reading so that they're not you know, just new at mass mm-hmm. or, um, I don't know, do something to like focus. It should, your Sunday should look different and it should, your focus should be on the Eucharist and on mass. And you can't, you shouldn't ever leave mass at the church doors, you know, or leave that experience at the door. Like mm-hmm. that's why we, you know, we go out after receiving the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they say go forth the mass is ended, like go out. Yeah. Um, and I always sh- think it's funny that they say mass is ended. Thanks be to God. Like, <laughs> But it's that mass is wonderful and that we're celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Not, not thanks be to God that it's finally over. But I always <laughs> think that's kind of funny. Uh, um, I was going to say something. You derailed it. That mass is... Oh, and that you should continue that after mass. So, like, yeah. at lunch, um, what, you know, talk to your children. Like, what did you like about mass? Like, what is it with... Or it doesn't have to be children. With your friends. Yeah. Like, keep it going and keep that celebration going. Because it is, first, you know, first and foremost, a celebration. A celebration of the Eucharist, a celebration of the resurrection, and a celebration of just the gift we've been given by Christ. Like, we've been redeemed. We've overcome... Like, Christ has overcome sin through us. Like, that's... That's a big deal. Like, we should well, celebrate that. Let's talk about that. it. Yeah. Um... And for me, especially, I think, I think for everybody, but it might just be the way that my brain works. But when I talk about something after it happened, I'm going to retain that information much mm-hmm. better. So like if, if the Lord spoke to me in a certain way and I share that with you, I'm going to remember that memory of my own more because I shared it with you because we like reflected on it together and spoke about it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just good to kind of like talk about it after it happens, because if you just leave it at the door... Chances are you're going to forget about it. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Big problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not, and part of, if you go back home and you just go back to your desk and you start working again, it's kind of just like another day. Right. Um, but you should really keep that, keep it going. And I think a big, or a good way to keep that going is to celebrate with friends and family. Um, I love the idea of like a, Sunday night dinner with your family or a family mm-hmm. dinner or, you know, friends coming together for Sunday night dinner. And I really want to start doing that, like inviting our friends over, like, let's have a Sunday night dinner. Huh. We had a special dinner tonight. We did. We didn't mean to, though. We just had things we needed to cook. <laughs> hey, we grilled, guys. We did grill. We grilled some corn. Mm-hmm. And hot dogs. And hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> that's what we had available. Hey, don't under undercut. 
shortcut. No. Don't sell myself short. Don't. Don't make our evening less than it was. Okay. <laughs> it was a lovely dinner. It was. Jack threw his corn all over the place. Oh my don't gosh. don't give a one year old uh, like kernels of corn because he's mm-hmm. just gonna. He ate them for like ten minutes, a just like nonstop, mountain. and then just threw them all. Over well, the then place. he realized that they're great fun to throw, yeah. and they they get stuck to your hand if your hand's all <laughs> wet from spit. Yeah. <laughs> and if you slap your tray really hard, they just explode yeah. all over the place. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, just having a Sunday night meal to tie to kind of um, tie that all together. Like we started off this morning like talking about going to mass we experienced the eucharist and then like we're closing this day with the communal meal saying like like it's just living out that whole sunday mm-hmm. and what um and what the eucharist should move us to do like right. it should move us to go out and love one another and i think you have to to foster that yeah. to foster that feeling and not let it die um yeah so i really want to start like a sunday night dinner with our friends or if that's not possible like Sunday afternoon, like, let's all get coffee or let's all go to the park mm-hmm. or something like that just to keep that celebrate. And and it's important throughout those um, times of celebration and community to, to keep Christ present. Right. Like, if you go to Mass and then at dinner you just talk about something. Like, keep Christ alive on that day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Keep him the center. Yeah. Which, I mean, really this should be the case for every day. But to make uh, Sunday especially special Mm -hmm. um to kind of have it be focused on sharing Mm -hmm. how do we differentiate it well this is something i've wondered like because during easter and christmas i'm always like mass there's like usually incense and like the altar is like covered in beautiful flowers and it's just like such a bigger celebration right and i'm always like why don't we just do this all year round like why do we only wait to do this at christmas well there are feasts they are feasts, but okay. I, <laughs> I know the answer. But I was oh, gonna, okay. Is that I think um, sometimes you need to make something bigger to make it feel bigger, you know? Right. Like if you had, just like anything, if you had like a three-course meal every dinner, like you kind of get bored with it. Like you wouldn't know what a fancy dinner is. So you kind of have to have these big celebrations to, for you to recognize that, oh, this is different. Right. So your Sunday, like in the Sunday Mass, there's, um, you know, an additional reading. I think there's rules about singing certain parts of it. Like you can omit some parts on a daily Mass and not on a Sunday. Mm. Um, so it's kind of designed to be a bigger deal so that you can recognize that this Sunday is special. Right. Okay. I get So it. I think you can reflect that with your family life and saying like, oh, it's Sunday, so we're going to do things this way yeah and I think kind of the point underlying this um and kind of what Pope Francis and what Pope John Pope St. John Paul II said thank you um is that your Sunday should look different it shouldn't be just another day and because our lives should look different Mm -hmm. like this is how we're starting off our week this is how we you know kind of going back to what we talked about with people just using this as a day for brunch this is the day to rest and get ready for the rest of the week. Like how, as Catholics, are we supposed to do that? And we're supposed to do that by being refreshed and renewed by the Eucharist, by our families, um, by just friends. taking, by friends, by just taking time away from all of the labors and resting in the peace of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's taking that kind of instinct that we get of needing a day of rest and focusing it towards Christ. And it really helps you live out 
Sunday and your whole life better. And it's because God knows us. He designed us. He created us. Like, it's not a coincidence that these things fit together. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we need a day of rest. Oh, Christ instituted this celebration on this day that we're supposed to rest. (laughs) How coincidental. (laughs) Yeah. And I meant to say this earlier, but um, I think, like, dating back to the first century, we have records of Christians celebrating on Sunday, on the Lord's Day. Mm. Um, So this is something from the early church that we... um, have kept throughout the years and that's really important um and there is one tidbit that i I learned in a homily a long time ago Mm -hmm. that i always think about and don't always listen to but it's a good thing to remember that um the priest was talking about sundays and how we do need to keep them holy and for the lord and that um all of our actions like speak toward that and so like, in our world, everyone except for Chick-fil-A is open on Sundays. Even though Sunday is the best day to eat Chick-fil-A. <laughs> it is. You always want it on Sunday. Only want it on Sunday. But, um, so whenever you patronize those businesses. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to businesses. <laughs> patronize those businesses. You're kind of perpetuating the problem. And that you're kind of speaking to, like, yes, I do need you open today. Mm-hmm. So you should be open today. Where that's kind of taking that that day away from those people. Mm-hmm. So just like remember to like maybe not go out to brunch or mm-hmm. go out somewhere. I mean, Or if you I'd, have to, maybe like give them a good tip because they're working on Sunday. Yes. It um, takes discernment. I mean, I'll be honest. I went to Trader Joe's this morning. And today is Sunday, by the way. Sunday morning, right when they open, it's when they're fully stocked. There's no one in the store. It's really the best time to go. I know. So it does take discernment. <laughs> and they had muffins, for example, yeah. today. Oh, my gosh. But um, I I don't know if we should only go grocery right. shopping on Sundays. You know, like, we should pick another day so we could focus our mornings better. Right. And I think this is also a great chance for evangelization. If you mm-hmm. have a friend um, who's not Catholic or not Christian, like, invite them to your Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, like, oh, why is why is everyone here? Like, is today a special day? Like, And maybe they'll see, like, why aren't we turning the TV on? Why aren't we watching the game? Like, what's what's different about this day? Mm-hmm. And I think subtle things like that um, are a good way to evangelize and let people... Because it's fun. Like, you don't... Yeah. You don't realize, like, if you just get a bunch of friends together and have dinner and play a board game, like, that is a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We should play board games. I know. I know. We should. Oh, my gosh. Cranium is, like, the best. Just, there's just a new game. There. There's a new game I've heard about from um, Catholic in a Small Town. Oh, Mac on Catholic in a Small Town was talking about called like Kings of Tokyo, and it's like a board game where you're all like monsters and you have to like take over the city. It seems really fun. You're okay. You don't have to play. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't like board games like that where you like get transported to another world. I don't like. I just want to, like, You don't like get, using your imagination? I like to roll a dice, move <laughs> along the board. Oh, we can roll a 20-sided die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the normal amount of six-sided die. We can play sorry with the pop-o-matic popper. Well, you don't get to roll it. No, you get a regular die. You don't okay. play the travel anyway, sorry. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, make it a celebration. Make it fun. Put Christ at the center. And that's going to attract others. Pope Francis mm-hmm. always talks about evangelization through attraction. Like live your life for the Lord and do it joyfully and others will see that. Mm-hmm. And I think Sundays are a good good way to do that and a 
good way to help keep you going throughout throughout the the journey of Christian life. Mm-hmm. So so don't waste it. Like Pope Francis says, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Use it. And just so we're clear, this is, we're preaching to ourselves a lot here. Yeah, it's true. Okay, every time we give you like the audience <laughs> advice, it's really just advice to ourselves. Something we, that we're right, learning. These are um, things we really want to do, but we're not doing currently. Um, right. So we're in the same boat. Yeah, we're right there with you. Um, but we would love to hear from you. If you uh, have any questions or comments about any of our podcasts or podcast topics, mm-hmm. we would love. Or special homework assignment. If you have like um, a favorite Sunday activity you do with your family or your friends, yeah. like every Sunday we go down to the river. river. <laughs> Were you going to say river? Yes. Were you going to go uh, tubing in that river? I didn't have an activity. Oh, we're going tubing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if you have an activity, let us know. Give us ideas. Mm-hmm. We would Help us them. out for once. <laughs> Jeez, guys. <laughs> we're just kidding. Um, but yeah, our email to give us those things is halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and find us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. And um, if you feel compelled, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We would appreciate any of those things. All of them. And pray for us. We really appreciate that. We do. We're praying for you guys um, and for all of your intentions. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Every time you say that, think of uh, old Father Flanagan. <laughs> all of your intentions are remembered here at Mass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you would start every Mass. <laughs> Very uh, Philly. Yeah. But I hope everybody has a great week and a wonderful Sunday. You're probably listening to this on Monday or later, but... Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Yeah, because Sunday's almost over. But I wasn't saying today. I meant the following one. Have a great week, everyone. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.